following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino Casino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Back live across Michigan, hour number two with Superfly Hayes. We were just talking. I think I forgot to give him his Christmas gift. I think it's in my truck. Let me check the calendar. Okay. He must have not been in that day. But we didn't take off any time for Christmas because we were so locked in on Michigan in the Alabama game. That's been the... Thing the last three years, we take our, our vacations from the previous year, push into the new year because of Michigan and this year. Lions almost took us to February. Man, good news with the Lions. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, told the Seahawks and the commanders he's not interested in becoming their next head coach. Still has business to take care of. And I think and it could be the reason why Glenn doesn't take a job. These guys want to finish the mission together. I think there's meaning for the core of this group. It includes coaches, front office personnel, even Sheila Hamp. They were close. They know it. They blew it. They led 24-7 Sunday night. And Johnson coming back is a huge lift to the Lions Nation. I can feel it already on the social networks. I had a huge show on Twitter, the huge show on Facebook with the callers in the first hour. They needed it. We all needed it. And I was looking at their list of free agents, and I'm serious, Superfly. I appreciate the contributions of that list. I don't think they're going to re-sign Jonah Jackson because they got to pay Sewell. I... Glasgow coming back as a starter slash backup O-lineman. I like that, but I think he's going to have big market value as a starter with somebody based on how he played this year. There weren't a lot of names where I'm like, they need those guys back. This core, we all know the core. You know what the core is. It's Rag now, it's Decker, it's Sewell. And this isn't a knock on any other player. It's Goff. They're going to pay him. It's Montgomery. It's Gibbs. It's J-Mo. You know, Reynolds is one of those restricted free agents where I, I'm i watching Roman Wilson at the Senior Bowl. Clayton Savior from the Wolverine.com shared something. He looks unguardable. He'd be great in the Lions offense. Mm. St. Brown's going to get paid, right? You got Raymond. I mean, I'm talking core right now. Obviously, Hutch, and he, he had a horrible game against the Niners. That's it. It just happens. Unfortunately, 
it came against the Niners in the NFC Championship game. He was this bad. He got trucked a lot. He didn't make an impact. He had some of the lowest graded numbers of the season, of his career. Those things happen. I think that will motivate him. There was a part of me in looking at Hutch because he plays hard, like keeping on weight. He looked a little thin. You know, when I say thin for a DN in the NFL, if you're going to be thin, you have to be quick and be able to blow by people. There's a balance. And he missed a couple of tackles like on Purdy. Oh, my God. Purdy's three scrambles. The bounce off the helmet. The drop by Reynolds. I told myself I'm not going to repeat everything again. Like I opened the show with my huge opinion. I, I can't watch the suit right now, the Super Bowl. I'm going to have a puppy bowl watch party at PetSmart or Chowhound. I swear to God. I told Marty Boer from the Michigan Sports Network, Super Sunday, puppy bowl, big screen watch party, Chowhound or PetSmart. I can't look at the Niners, and I don't want to see – I don't want to see Taylor Swift. I, nothing against any Swifties, as you're called. I appreciate your musical taste. I'm tired of it. I am. And the Niners thing is just, it's too painful. Because the Lions opened up the season beating the Chiefs. Neutral site, I get the experience factor, but if they would have rolled out of San Francisco with a W, I think they're beating the Chiefs. And they're world champions. How can I watch a Super Bowl? I can't. Huge watch party, puppy bowl, chowhound, or pet smart. I'll let you know what location. <laughs> we do have our Honolulu Blue huge question of the day presented by Coppercraft Distillery. Right now, do you have plans to watch the big game, as they say? I don't. You can answer that question on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HILGE. A nice distraction if you got the peacock on your streaming service. Michigan State, Michigan, 9 o'clock tonight. If the game goes into double OT, it will end on Wednesday. Worst combined record of the two teams in like 40 years. Kyle Austin, MLive.com, Spartan, Big Ten Hoops Insider. He's standing by on the roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? Doing good, Bill. Wow. Uh, I've been here 22 years doing the huge show across Michigan. This will be the most least anticipated Michigan-Michigan State basketball game because usually if one was bad, the other was good. But there is like, and I know we're all buried with the Lions and still talking about them, Ben Johnson coming back. But, you know, both these teams, Michigan especially right now, you look at the Big Ten standings, they're the bottom feeder, dead last. Michigan State preseason number four, they're fighting back, trying to make the tournament. Uh, like, I, what was it, 40 years? I saw your tweet. How long, uh, the worst combined record in how many years was it? Exactly. I had to go all the way back. I spent my Sunday mornings looking this up and had to go all the way back to 1982 before I found uh, combined oh. records. Bad going oh into my a game, gosh, so. 40, like 42. Yeah. 
It's like 42 mm-hmm. years. Well, why is it such a – for both teams, because you follow the Spartans, but also you keep an eye on the Big Ten. Why has it been such a disappointing season to a point for Izzo and his team and for Howard and Michigan? You know, it, it just seems like a program that's kind of stuck in neutral to me, you know. Um, it's disappointing. I mean, they're 12-8. and eight. They're still on track to probably go to the NCAA tournament if they – uh, win the games they should going down the stretch. But, you know, it's just another year where you're probably a 7-8 seed, um, win a game, you know, maybe go to the Sweet 16, you know. Um, and listen, for a lot of programs, that's a good year. You know, I don't mean to downplay that, but time is to set the bar so high here, going to Final Fours, going deep in the tournament, contending for Big Ten titles. So after really since Cassius Winston left, it's been kind of this 500 in the Big Ten, sneak into the tournament but not really feel like you have a shot of going deep into the tournament. And I just think there's kind of been an apathy um, among the fan base. Uh, everyone kind of thought this was a year they had so many guys back, so much experience back, number four in the preseason, like you said. Everyone kind of thought this is the year that they would kind of break out of that rut, I think, and kind of take the next step and be a top-ten program again and be a national title contender again. And it just hasn't happened, um, I think, probably for a variety of reasons. But I think this is kind of a program that people are who are ready to kind of uh, believe was going to take the next step, and, and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, looking at Michigan, they've had flashes where you're like, hey, they look pretty good. And then on the flip side, they've had games where they look like the worst team in the Big Ten. And I'm talking non-conference, in-conference play. And I know Howard, and he went through the health issue, and Martelli, they – Seem to be better coached in a better unit playing together with Martelli than Howard uh, coaching them. Your thoughts on this matchup tonight? You know, Michigan, I, I still think they have talented players, and, and I think they should be a better team than their record shows, but um, I think they've lost six to seven. Um, they just, I don't know, something seems to be off there just looking at it from afar. Um, you know, whether it's what happened with. Juwan Howard and Sanderson, the strength coach, um, or, you know, having different coaches and having Howard in and out, or if it's just a chemistry issue, I don't know. But they don't, they seem less than some of their parts, you know, to me looking from afar. And um, something's going on there. And But I think if you're Michigan State, that's a little dangerous, right? Uh, because I do think they're talented enough to rise up in a rivalry game. If they feel like they can win. Um, I really like uh, Conmore they've got. Um I, the trouble for them is not having Doug McDaniel. I think they're very, very different. Um, and they're pre- presumably not going to have him tonight because it's a road game. But I still think they have a lot of talent. And if they put it together, they have the opportunity to, to do something. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan State uh, lost in all the Lions fever uh, tonight, 9 p.m. on the Peacock, streaming only uh, for that matchup tonight at the Breslin uh, in East Lansing. Tom, uh, with Stephen Izzo being done after this year, the question is, has been there almost every year for about five or six years, if not longer. How much longer uh, will Izzo coach Michigan State basketball? What's your gut on it or read? I think it's going to be several more years. I, I There was a time recently where I thought that he would kind of follow the lead of Krzyzewski and Jay Wright and Roy Williams and um, kind of look around at what's happening in college basketball and say, this isn't for me. But I think he's kind of hardened a little bit um, within the last year and said, you know, I want to be the guy that um, that kind of beats the system and wins in this era. And I'm not going to run from this era. It's no secret he doesn't like 
the portal and NIL and everything that's happening with college basketball. But I think he's resolved to to find a way to work um, and find a way to win in this new system. So I I if it I think it's at least two three more years. Um, he's on the record saying he, it's not happening. Surprisingly, after this year, he's not going to be like Saban. Um, so uh, yeah, I I, th- I think he's sticking out sticking it out for at least two three more years. Well, what is shocking uh, about this year's Michigan State men's basketball team and Kyle Austin MLive.com. Spartan Big Ten Hoops Insider joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line that with all the returnees they had, all the senior leadership on the floor, off the floor, with that highly ranked recruiting class where some were saying maybe there's two one and dones, if not more there, that's why they were preseason number four. I I expected a lot out of this team, but, but to be honest, uh, the recruiting class and those seniors have been too inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the returning guys were, were the, really the reason I thought that they would uh, be an elite team this right. year. Uh, because because yeah, that's that's kind of the, the formula right now in college basketball. Those are the type of teams that are winning. Um, and Tyson Walker's doing his job. You know, he's like trending first team all Big Ten, scoring about 20 points a game. But the other guys just kind of haven't taken that leap. I mean, A.J. Hogarth's kind of the same player he's been. I think Malik Hall's been more consistent, um, but maybe not a huge leap there. And Jay Nakins may be the most disappointing. Um, not shooting the ball well. This really hasn't kind of taken the next step. And I thought he could become a really good player, and it just hasn't happened yet. So, uh, yeah, they have the experience, but those guys just haven't really developed, I don't think, like anybody thought they would. It's almost like uh, I've watched Hoggard, uh, Hall, and at times Akins, but more focusing on Hoggard and Hall and their returning experience where – they they almost have that look like wow I, I, maybe I shouldn't have came back seriously that that's just my feeling on it and there's been flashes for both which is really surprising considering what seniors and leaders have done uh, throughout Tom Mizzo's coaching career in East Lansing. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's always a risk when guys go test the waters, which is what Hogard and and Aikens did. Um, I almost thought that they, for a while, especially early in the season, that they thought it was going to kind of come easy to them. You know, like they could kind of go out there and do what they do, and they'd win a bunch of games. And it, it seemed to me, just watching them, that everything was just harder than they thought it would be. You know, and, and A.J. Hogarth maybe top of that list, you know, was just kind of playing now to his level for a while, and then Israel benched him for a game, and, and I think he's been better since. But those guys just really haven't elevated their game like I thought they would, and, and maybe it's the NBA like you thought, or maybe they just didn't come in with the right attitude, but um, not playing like the seniors under Tom Israel that we've typically seen. And there's time. They can still get there, but, you know, as we talked today, it really hasn't happened yet. Or the reality of you know you're not going to be that next-level player, too, and you're going to move on with life and you get a degree and you, you live a happy life. There's, there's a lot there for this team to be preseason number four and where they are today, but they get to that 17-win total number. They still can get to the tournament. Now you got the Big Ten tournament, so with his own staff, you never want to count them out. Kyle Austin, MLive.com's MSU Hoops. And Big Ten Hoops Insider joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line tonight on the Peacock, 9 p.m., streaming only. Michigan State hosting the Mighty Wolverines. Maybe they can follow the Michigan State ladies who destroyed Michigan also at the Breslin last weekend. Kyle, good to hear your voice again, my man. All right, thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I tell you, because the Lions and Michigan's run into – 
First week of January, we've hardly talked hoops. We did a little bit early when it started, and the Pistons have been dog meat. Hasn't been a good year for basketball. It hasn't. Collectively. Pro and college right now in this state. Graham Couch, opinion maker for the Lansing State Journal, co-host of the world-famous Couch in the Rube podcast. He'll join us in our next segment about 45 minutes away from former Michigan coach John Beeline. His thoughts on the Michigan-Michigan State basketball rivalry. What will go down tonight at the Breslin? In terms of the Wolverines and the Spartans, Josh Garvey, managing shareholder at Dorn Mayhew, also will join me in studio, Jim Comperoni, SpartanMeg.com, the MSU insider later, and Tim McCullough, the fun governor from the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, on what's happening there at Soaring Eagle. You can answer our Honolulu Blue huge question of the day, presented by Coppercraft Distillery. I'm not watching the Super Bowl because it's too painful to look at the Niners. Even if I've seen a highlight the last two days. I saw the weather channel said San Francisco weather. I blocked that channel. Can't even look at it. Are you going to watch the Super Bowl? You can answer that question on 866-838-4843. That's one 838 huge That is on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank, a Michigan-based bank with locations all across Michigan. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. The food district is now open. There's something for everyone. From Bubba Coo's Burritos to Bonanno's New York Pizza Kitchen to Guy Fieri's Chicken and Ike's Lovin' Sandwiches. Savor every delicious flavor at the all-new Food District. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he's a managing shareholder at Dorn Mayhew's Grand Rapids office. Their world headquarters are in Troy, Michigan, on the east side of the state, and they have locations all around the world. They have over 550 motivated accounting professionals, 90 years in business, and I mentioned the 10 offices worldwide. So if you want to connect and partner with one of the top CPA, accounting, and business firms in the world, they're right here in Michigan. Dorn Mayhew's Troy office on the east side of the state, and Josh Garvey is the managing shareholder for their Dorn Mayhew GR office. Right there by the S-curve, you'll see the new Dorn Mayhew sign. You can find out more. Just Google Dorn Mayhew. That's D-O-E-R-E-N-M-A-Y-H-E-W or Dorn.com. They're one of America's and the world's top CPA accounting and business firms. They're Dorn Mayhew. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks Checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerkPerks.com, member FDIC. 
Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. John Beeline in his weekly appearance here in about 35 minutes. We'll talk about Michigan State Michigan tonight. Also, we'll go inside the basketball rivalry between the Spartans and the Wolverines. Josh Garvey, managing shareholder at Doran Mayhew, also joins us. It's each and every week during the Tuesday Broadcast 5 p.m. hour all the way through the NBA Finals. Let's go talk about that Michigan State-Michigan game tonight. Graham Couch, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, co-host, Couch in the Room podcast. He is standing by the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. What's going on, Graham? I'm doing well. Just about to cover the uh, the biggest Michigan State-Michigan basketball game in the history of the rivalry. Yeah, you know, after the Lions and the Niners and the NFC title game on Sunday night, I think this thing on the Peacock has the same feel to it with the Spartans and the Wolverines. The buildup has been incredible. I, I can't, uh, Yeah, the NFC Championship will be a forgotten thing after tonight. Oh, my God. You know, what happens if Michigan State jumps out to a 24-7 lead and they lose the game 34-31? The irony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. People will be upset. Uh you know why? 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 Why is it here right now? And again, I get the Michigan football season, the Lions uh, run, but uh, the lack of interest. And I, you know, there's one thing I got to say about basketball right now, Graham. And I know you're a big hoops fan. That between the NBA and college basketball, and I, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. I don't watch as much anymore. And, and I don't know what it is. Is it a lack of star players? Is it, is it AAU-style basketball where there's not defense or maybe too much defense at the college level? Your thoughts on the state of the game from NBA down to college? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I do think the NBA still rates really well in the, in the postseason. It's, it's, um, I think, you know, I, I'm not somebody who watches a ton of regular season NBA basketball, but I follow it more than I watch it, which is interesting. I think people are in different places in the NBA because it's just, it's a long season, and um, you're either a fan of it or not. With, with college basketball, I think you know this season in particular, where you have a Michigan team in football that goes, you know, deep into January before um, its season's over. You have a, a Lions team that goes all the way to February, and you have an NFL season, frankly, that every year uh, goes. Later and later, seemingly, and and so you only get like a month before March Madness, where college basketball gets to own the stage at all. It's hard, and so it's it used to feel like January starts and it's college basketball season, and people sort of catch up and they're into it, and and now it just doesn't feel like it gets much of a season. I think that's part of it. And then I think the other thing you have is 
you, you don't have the team in state where, um, like Michigan State this year, people really thought and hoped might be a team that was one of the elite teams in the country, and, and it would be having that sort of season. And, and so even though they've been okay, they're not generating that sort of buzz. There's been more disappointment than buzz, and then Michigan basketball is sort of a mess, and, and Michigan fans are wholly distracted, understandably, by football. And so uh, I, I don't know if it's, it's – I, I, there are some big-picture things with NIL – and the transfer portal that I think threatened the sport in terms of, you know, just the, the things that made us love college basketball and college sports for a long time. But I think that's, I think football's got some of those same issues long term. I think the, the uh, I don't think the sport itself is any worse than often football. I just think it gets a smaller window, and, and neither team in Michigan has been that inspiring to this point. I was really, before the season began, even with, uh, you know, the Michigan run on air, all the talk, Lions, you know, taking over the state. With Izzo, with this team, his offseason excitement, the returning experience, leadership, uh, a flashy, you know, skywalking crew coming in with one of his better recruiting classes, preseason number four. They hit rock bottom. Then they had that Baylor game, which was one of the better Michigan State start-to-finish games I've ever seen from an Izzo coach squad. And then they hit the lulls, and they're going up and down in the Big Tens all over the place, I think, with eight of the 16 teams uh, under 500. Your thoughts on what the expectations were to start the season for Michigan State and where they are now? Yeah, I mean, in, in theory, this should have been – Right, one of these teams. It, it, to me, it looked like an ideal mix in certain ways of, 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 of returning veterans, a lot of sweat equity, and seasoned guys who were on the cusp of something. Uh, maybe not a lot of NBA pros, but but really good players, coupled with a highly ranked recruiting class that might elevate its ceiling. Right, that that's sort of the the narrative, and the narrative that I had bought into and, and sort of perpetuated a little bit. And and I think one thing that is more and more clear it is especially with the extra COVID year that the guys you add to bolster who you were are better off being sophomores and juniors or transfer portal guys than freshmen. There are very few 17-, 18-year-old, 19-year-old guys making an impact in college basketball right now. There are only three, I think, with Matt, uh, with Cam Christie now starting at Minnesota. I believe there are three uh, freshmen starting in the Big Ten total. And um, that's down from when I looked at it, it was like, the last year before the pandemic, it was eight or so, you know, less, well less than half of the age is older. So you look at Wisconsin, for example, which gets that store kid from, uh, from St. John's, who's been so phenomenal. You know, that's who Wisconsin adds to a team that gets everybody to come back. They add a guy who's going to be an NBA pro who's, you know, already played a year of college basketball as a seasoned guy. And Michigan State's adding true freshmen. And, and so you're in a situation right now where the, how you build and, and add to a roster is changing, and you're going to have to adjust to that. So what Michigan State did would have been almost ideal for 2019, and yet it, it just isn't today. That said, I also think MSU, is it, its recruiting class has been under underwhelming a little bit. Now, obviously, the, the Jeremy Fear situation uh, with, with him getting shot, you know, that's not something you anticipate. I think he was really growing into things where he would have been by the end of the season. It would have been interesting to see. Um, but Xavier Booker was nowhere near ready, and nobody understood that, including myself. Um, 
Car, or, you know, Cohen Carr, good player. I think Cohen Carr as a sophomore will be an immense player. But that's the difference between getting a guy like Store, who played a year at St. John's, and Carr, who's a true freshman. And so, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reasons it's happened, and then the, the veterans just haven't, you know, played to their ceiling every single night. And then you've got a center position that Izzo just didn't address in the off season and probably needed to. And I think that's clear now. Graham Couch, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, co-host of the world-famous Couch and the Rube podcast. You can find wherever you download podcasts. Joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. So 9 p.m. tip tonight, which is a dedication to the student-athletes from the Big Ten and the NCAA. Uh, I'm hoping for triple overtime so we can say the game ended on Wednesday. Right, That's been my line all show. Uh, this matchup, uh, Michigan's reeling, bottom feeder, uh, last place, Big Ten, two and seven. Uh, uh, they're going to struggle uh, for any cohesiveness, especially in front of a rowdy crowd that hates Michigan. I think State should win easily tonight. What do you think of the matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think Michigan State has major advantages in the backcourt, especially with Doug McDaniel not playing uh, for Michigan. And it's really unfair for Michigan's other players having him going in and out of the lineup. I don't know how you grow as a roster. I I think you're just better off going all with or all without, even if he's a really good player. Um, And the the front court, you know, Michigan's got a couple guys who have given Michigan, or, you know, one guy, and Reed has given Michigan State some trouble for. And, you know, the transfer from Tennessee is kind of a classic power forward. I really like him a lot. And and, um, so they could give MSU some problems in there. Michigan is not the worst team in the Big Ten because they've got just got awful talent, like some of the years that you know some of the teams we've seen down there in the past. They're but they're not overly talented, and they're they're not great in the backcourt. And they're it's I don't know. It's hard to tell how much they are inspired to play. At the you know defensively, they've been really bad at times. It's hard for me to see a scenario in which Michigan wins this game. You know, even if they play well and play hard, and I, you know, I can see them being in it for a while. But uh, I, I think Michigan State will win by double digits. And what's the magic number? Uh, an, another theme question today to the MSU insiders. Is it 17 regular season wins and win your Big Ten tourney opener? Uh, what's a lock spot for Izzo to feel comfortable he'll hear his name on Selection Sunday for the Big Dance? Yeah, I don't think there's any concern about that. I, I've seen this Michigan State team and program be a bubble team uh, multiple times over the years, you know, 2021 uh, you know, 17, 15, even when they went to the Final Four and 15, at this point they were a true bubble team. This team is not that. They, they are flawed. They got off to a rough start. But, you know, if you look at their schedule, Ken Palm has them favored to win in each of their next eight games. Uh, I think they do have a chance to get on a little bit of a run. Uh, I, I just don't think they'll be anywhere near the bubble on Selection Sunday. I think they're still more likely to be a, you know, a six seed in that realm. Um, it's just not that deep a Big Ten. Now, if they start screwing things up, though, if they lose games like tonight or start losing the teams they ought to beat, then that's a conversation. But I, I think I, I don't think of them as a bubble team uh, the same way as some other teams that have been bubble teams in recent years. Graham Couch, Couch in the Room podcast, his side gig, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal. Also look for him on Twitter. And as we always say, if we got to spell Couch for any Michigan State or sports fans listening Across the state, he politely will ask you to keep sliding through uh, your Twitter feed. <laughs> Graham, thank you so much. Enjoy that 
Uh, Student-athletes salute prior to the game tonight with tip-off after 9 p.m. on the campus of Michigan State University. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Bill. Yeah, there yeah, he is. There's Bill being sarcastic again. What's no? What's no? If you don't have the Peacock, you're not watching the game tonight. Streaming only, 9 p.m., Spartans and Wolverines. We'll talk about the rivalry. Former Michigan head coach John Beeline joins us every Tuesday. We go inside basketball with Josh Garvey, managing shareholder from Doran Mayhew. That is coming up here in just about 25 minutes. His thoughts on game day versus Izzo. The hoops rivalry. Who's the little brother in hoops? Beeline will make his pick. Spartans or Wolverines tonight. And he he doesn't pick with his heart. He's a straight shooter. So's Garvey. Jim Comperoni, SpartanMag.com. Within the hour, and Tim McCullough, the fun governor from the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, coming up at 545. To the callers online, Michigan will hear you next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. We are back inside the leadership locker room. Bill Simonson with Greg Harris. He has his book, Sage Advice, which covers leadership and all the principles necessary to run a business, own a business, and be a part of a successful business. And he joins us back in the locker room. How you doing, my man? Bill, great to see you today. All right, let's talk about Sage Advice, which now is available on Amazon. People can get it wherever they uh, download their books or buy them. But uh, let's give a thumbnail version of what Sage Advice is all about. I think it came down from me, Bill. I'm not a self-made person. And most of us aren't. People had influence, mentors, coaches. Are we coachable? Uh, the wisdom they have that we can pass on. I thought to myself, I'm going to write it and I'm going to interview a lot of folks. My parents, my grandparents really gave me some great nuggets of truth to live by. And I share them with the audience. It's a fascinating book. It's a little embarrassing because I didn't heed all of their advice all the time. I'm not perfect. But the book itself is uh, pretty much a celebration of honoring your elders and adhering to some wisdom they earned. Greg Harris, Sage Advice. If people want to read this book, uh, the online version, uh, I assume they get a paperback. Uh, where do they go to get Sage Advice? You can go to MaximizeLeadership.com. MaximizeLeadership.com. Or you can go to Amazon and put in the Sage Advice, Greg Harris, oh, and it pops up number you, one. You, you, now, you can get delivered by the Amazon truck. I can even do it in my Suburban if, if, if it's really good. Amazon's using those EV vehicles. I don't do EV. You no. can't hear them coming. No, no, they're sneaky. They're sneaky. Knock, knock. What's there? I got you sage advice from Greg Harris. Here's sage advice. I'll give you sage advice. Put some man. gas. Don't buy Put an EV. gas in that van. <laughs> <laughs> Again, look for the book Sage Advice. Greg Harris joins us in the leadership locker room here on the Huge Show across Michigan. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. 
Rapids. And their Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan Tuesday broadcast presented by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. In Mount Pleasant, Michigan, Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, Josh Garvey, managing shareholder, and Dorn May, who will join us in a few moments. He checks in with Lomas Brown each and every Thursday through the Super Bowl. Also, he joins us when we talk hoops with John Beeline. That's coming up in just about 20 minutes. Speaking of Lomas Brown, you want to win Lomas's tricked out Lions golf cart, just text IMPACT to 21000. Text IMPACT to 21000. And this summer, at a huge golf event at Tullymore in Canadian Lakes, you could win that tricked out Lomas Brown Lions golf cart. It's sweet. Matter of fact, Drew and the crew at Impact Power Sports, 14-mile road in Rockford, just north of GR. Anybody listening across the state, you need a custom golf cart for your neighborhood, for your business, for your golf club, for your second home, lake house, whatever. Drew and the crew can custom build any Yamaha golf cart that you want anyway. You want a Lions golf cart? I think they've sold like eight of them here. In the last five weeks, see Drew and the team at Impact Power Sports, 14 Mile Road in Rockford. Also, look up Impact Power Sports on Facebook. But if you want a shot at winning Lomas Browns Lions Golf Cart, text Impact I M P A C T to two one zero zero zero, and you'll be in the drawing this summer for Lomas Browns Lions golf cart. I mentioned on Thursdays, Dorn Mayhew, one of the world's top CPA accounting and business firms, they present Inside Lions football with Lomas Brown and also Josh Garvey uh, joins us on Thursdays and he'll be talking with Coach Beeline. We talk hoops, Michigan, Michigan State, and the Pistons uh, each and every Tuesday and Beeline checking in in about 15 minutes. Josh also joining us right now, I want to get his thoughts on the Lions loss. We got a few minutes here before we get to Coach Beeline after the top of the hour. I said it in my opening huge opinion today, Josh, that I right now where I stand, I can't watch the Super Bowl. I just can't because it is painful to look at those highlights, understand, especially after watching, skimming through it on the DVR. And I hit delete when the Lions had that 24-7 lead. Matter of fact, when they held the Niners to the field goal to start the second half, I thought that was a big message. Just like when they held them to a field goal and, and Moody missed early in the game. And then the collapse and Reynolds and the drop. And I'm not just pinning it on Reynolds, but I, I really believe if he catches that ball, the Lions 
are playing the Chiefs in Vegas, and that's painful. And when you rewatch it, when you look at the highlights, when you hear all the talking heads, to know that the Lions would have been playing the team that they beat on their home turf to open this season, this just isn't about getting over the hump and winning the NFC Championship game. This was a Super Bowl opponent that they beat when they weren't this good, when the rookies weren't the same impact players. Not only was that a missed opportunity to win the NFC, but in my mind, a missed opportunity to win the Super Bowl. I agree. It's painful. It is. It's hard to get over today. Not, not today. We're all, this is day two. I, I can't watch the Super Bowl. I, I'm all, I almost have it locked up. I've been talking with some of my friends. I'm going to have a puppy bowl watch party at either Chowhound or PetSmart. <laughs> and I'm going to go. We're going to go the puppies. We're going to watch the puppy bowl. And I've heard that they're going to have what they do in the puppy bowl is they take the two losing teams. So it's going to be puppies and Ravens jerseys. And little Lamar puppy, he's really cool. He just he gets nervous when, when it's a big game. And then they got puppies in Lions uniforms, which are really good. And I tell you what. Little Rennie, uh, short for Reynolds, he's a good puppy, and they, he likes to catch a little Frisbee. Usually he's money, but he drops it in a key situation. <laughs> so PetSmart Chowhound, not sure what location because they have locations all across the huge network. I will not watch football on Super Sunday. It will be the Puppy Bowl, and that will be cool. And we're going to have squares where you can – Pick which uh, puppy team you want, Ravens or on the Lions. That's where my life is. If the Lions just take care of business, I might already be in Vegas. Yeah. I might already be in Vegas right now doing the show if the Lions 24-7 lead at halftime. So you're watching the game, I assume, with family, friends. What's your vibe at halftime? And then what's your vibe as you watched it unravel? Oh, the vibe at halftime was very positive. Uh, you, you felt a lot of energy. You're at our texting house people and, saying they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, getting texts from all kinds of friends. My kids, my kids were there. Very good friend of mine, Pat, and his wife there. And we're just we're having a very good time. The energy's good. You know, you're refilling your pizza plate and you're going back downstairs. You didn't think they were going to lose that game. You didn't. And my son called and he said, "Hey, you got to come back downstairs because San Francisco, the game's on. They just kicked a field goal. It's it's twenty four ten and." We all hustled down the stairs. Thank yeah, you. because the championship half times aren't like Super Bowl. We get used to these big games where you think it's going to be 30 minutes, but it's a normal NFL halftime. Right, so we lost track of time, and then he hollered down there to say, okay, you got to come down here. Dad, get down here. Were they crying? No, they were saying, Jake Jake Money Moody, our guy from Michigan, he's kid a field goal. It's 24-10. you got to come downstairs. So now it's two touchdowns. You're getting a little nervous. As soon as we got back downstairs, I felt, hmm, that was awfully quick to – put three on the board, and so it changed. Uh, but they responded with that drive. They get under eight minutes, fourth and three. Goff makes a great throw that can't be intercepted, and Reynolds tries to catch it with his arms instead of his hands. I, I don't understand. And that's that. been a solid combo ever since. When they picked up Reynolds from the Rams and they got Goff, they've been a solid combo for three years. They have been. They know each other well. <sighs> Man, and then and then after that, I'm not going to use this phrase, but it was same old lines. <laughs> after that, after that, it was one of the few times this year, maybe Baltimore game, maybe at Chicago where 
you kind of had that same old Lions feeling. It did. It felt like the the wind was just sucked out of the team when he dropped that pass. You just oh, and then just, and then and then off the helmet and the catch by Ayuk and then the fumble huh. by Gibbs and not downing the punt and then the other drop by Reynolds that would have been a first down and big yardage and St. Brown with a drop and then. You know, taking a timeout in the final minute when you didn't need it, which could have, you know, if you score the touchdown, you could have really had a chance for a field goal. And just what could go wrong did go wrong after the Reynolds drop. Absolutely did. It was just awful to see. And like you said, the comment about your same old Lions, it just, it certainly felt for that, that For way. that period, the last that, 22 minutes, you know, coaching, did. execution, play calls, it, it all just unraveled. We'll talk more Thursday with Lomas about that. That should be a really fun show. Uh, <laughs> we do have John Beeline coming up in our next oh. segment. John, stick around, okay? <laughs> Sounds good. All right, John Beeline on Michigan, Michigan State Hoops tonight. Lomas and Josh back in studio coming up on Thursday, presented by Dorn Mayhew. Big. Bad. Huge.